This week's podcast is brought to you by Focal USA. Get all your favorite sports memorabilia at Focal.com. Welcome to, to the latest episode of the Center of Leafs Nation podcast. This is your host, Pat LaRusso. I am joined by our longest tenured teammate. Uh, he's been busy doing some other things, but uh, welcome back, Lucas. <laughs> but when you word it like that, you make me sound so old. Longest no, tenured. I know. Eh? Isn't it funny? I, I think you and I were having a good little chuckle back. I think it was what, in September? When I said, what, six years, seven years of this? Six, six, since 2016, I believe. So yeah. whatever the math is on that, I'm a teacher, but I can't do mental math. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like, I think we're up to like seven years now, man, doing this. So yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm not stopping anytime soon. No, no, no. And do you want to maybe quickly tell our listeners sort of what you've been up to and and some of the stuff that you've been doing, you know, while you've kind of been dipping in and out of the podcast and blog. Yeah, uh, I mean, obviously there was a uh, once upon a time I was a striving young wannabe sports journalist um, that got put on halt and I decided to enter teacher's college. So I've been doing that for the last little bit. And uh, the reason why I've been in and out because I've been living out in Thunder Bay. Uh, I imagine most of the people listening to this are Canadian, so they know exactly where Thunder Bay is, but about as far north as you can get in Ontario. Um, And it stands true to what you would think. Lots of snow and very cold. (laughs) Well, so what, so as someone that kind of pivoted from your career from journalism to teaching, do you find it fulfilling? Like, I know we'll get into the least stuff, but, you know, we do want to kind of share a little bit because uh, I've always been interested in, in guys that make that, that, that pivot. Right. Um, you know what, Pat, if I'm going to be completely honest with you, I have cheesy and cliche that sounds like, like extremely fulfilling. And it's because I'm doing everything that I would want to be doing um, while also just teaching. Like, uh, just doing what I'm doing now, I'm already coaching specific teams. Yeah. Um, I'm already involved enough with the community and, and you know what, it, uh, it's pretty much exactly what I wanted, exactly what I needed. So it's, it's nice. Excellent. Excellent. And, and you know what, the good thing is with this season, the Leafs haven't given you too much stress. Um, but before we go into, you know, this week's topics, was there anything that kind of stood out to you as you watched them this year? And, and now as we kind of begin to turn the page to the playoffs, um, you know, what are you seeing in this team that you maybe didn't see in the past that maybe, has you back on the bandwagon come playoffs? Uh, I mean, if, let's be honest here. If I was ever off that bandwagon, I would have been off pre-2016. <laughs> um, I feel like if I survived 2010 to 2015, there's literally no reason for me to ever hop off the bandwagon. <laughs> um, but in terms of what do I see now that I didn't see before, I don't think there is much of a difference in the last four or five seasons. I think the, the team is, has been doing exactly what everyone expected them to be doing. Uh, they're definitely a little bit tighter defensively and they're getting some solid goaltending, which is nice, but I don't know, man, you just kind of hope that it's one of those things where they're just going to battle their own demons. Like, I think we all know it. I don't need to, I don't need to say something that we don't know. It's in their heads. It's in their heads. Cause they're clearly capable of doing it. You don't, you don't set franchise records and, and wins or points last season and, and almost do it again this season and, and not be a good team. Right. Like that's not luck. 
you can't win that many games and chalk it up no. to luck. So it's between the ears. And I just hope that these guys learn, 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 and they can slay some, some dragons now. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at with this team, right? Like I, you know, not that I've checked out on the regular season, but I don't find myself watching as much of these ladder games as, as I would regularly. Um, maybe because a lot of it is already determined. Like we know the Leafs are facing Tampa. Um, you know, there, like what's really like what storyline are you chasing at this point, right? Like I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't. I think the only storyline is is get past that first round. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, we'll know what's going to happen. They're going to get past the first round. They're going to play Boston, and God forbid they lose to Boston. Like that whole narrative, like the first round won't even matter. Like the last the last five years won't even matter. It'll just go right back to oh, you can't beat the Bruins, and it's yeah. like all right, all right, I get it. <laughs> but but uh, the the funny thing is with this team, um is I think they go on a run if they can win a round. Like I, right. I it, like you said, you know, just to, you know, right off the, the, the hop, right? Like it's, it is, it's between their ears. Um, and it's, it, they're their own worst enemies. Always, always have been. Right. Always it's, have been. You know, like it's, it's, it's so funny. Cause like you, we go back to all these cheesy narratives about, Oh, they didn't have enough grit. They didn't. And then you kind of look like, look at the numbers and it's like, you know, they were pretty much on par with Tampa for hits. Really, the goaltending and some additional offense would have helped them get past Tampa last year. Because um, I thought the Stars canceled each other out, right? Right. So, I don't know. I don't I, I don't know what more you could have expected the team. It was essentially turned into a coin toss last year. Um, I, I The one thing that I, I, I am going to look forward to is I want to see what the additions of Lafferty, McCabe, Achari, and Ryan O'Reilly due to this club because I think you're going to see some like element changes and, and how the the team plays in the playoffs. But I think that there's going to be, um, I think that there's going to be a change in that locker room that when the team needs that, you know, that extra little push in the room, I think that's where those four guys I think are really going to shine. Right. And you hope, I mean, they have, they have some type of experience, right? Like at the end of the day, it's, um, it's not just about getting on that ice and scoring goals. It's, uh, it's about calming yourself down and all that. And the highs get too high. The lows get too low. We hear all every NHL, every NHL say that. And it's obviously more evident in the playoffs. And to be honest with you, as much as I agree, like I really hope a guy like Matthews and Marner can police themselves. Like at this point, you've been through so many rounds. Yeah. You've done so much. Like you should be able to calm yourself down. You should be able to, to, to figure it out on your own. Like I definitely agree. Like these, all these guys help. But that's why they brought in the Jordanos, the O'Reillys. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the Tavares back in 2016 or 17, whenever he was yeah. signed. Like, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, they, they've done, they had Marlowe. They've done everything they can to, to nurture these guys. Like, bro, at 25, 26 years old, man, if, if we're still saying stuff about Matthews and Marner, thinking they need, they need help or they need more guys in the room, it's like, man, when, when, when? If not now, when? I, well, I think, I think it's more so it kind of rounds out. I think it beefs them up. Because I, I don't see, like people turning to like a Pierre Angville, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think that when you start adding those final pieces is when it does help your stars to elevate their game, because it does make the Leafs a very difficult matchup, right? Like very much. So, you know, like if you, if they decide to do Matthews Tavares O'Reilly down the middle, that's a pretty difficult matchup. Like, you know, you're essentially picking yep. your poison on three lines, not on two. Right. So, Yep. it's just i don't know i and and I sent, for sentimental reasons i do want to see luke shen win a cup in toronto 
<laughs> yeah, maybe he'll sign my jersey. Did you see that picture? Yeah, right? So, like, <laughs> we need this. We we truly need this. And I think, um, I don't know. I know I say this every year. I have this quiet confidence in this group. But I, I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I, see, I see a Tampa team that's struggling. Um, I think right. maybe the, you know, I think hockey now is getting to those, to those bodies. Right. Um, and, you know, here we are, right? So it, it's just another, but that's what, I think that's another reason why we, we tune, we tune into the game, right? Is to see what happens and, and the least yeah. never are short on giving us something to, um, tune into. Um, but then that kind of leads us to our first topic of the night. So I'm not sure if you noticed, but Keith really laid into Michael Bunting on the bench. Right. And Bunting really wasn't seemingly paying attention. What do you kind of just take from that? Like, I, I didn't see it as a big deal. Like, I, I think if, you know, I, I think it becomes a big deal in Toronto, but there's always those types of interactions on the bench. You know, it just so happened it got caught on, on TV, but it, it's, for me, it's a non-issue. I put it this way, Pat. I, I didn't even know it was a thing and I still don't even believe it's a thing. Like that's how, how much of a non-issue I think it is. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Like, I, I still can't even process why it's being talked about. Like if we actually break it down in the simplest form, coach yelled that player. Yeah. Like now we have to report on it. You know what I mean? Like, like it's, it, it's an everyday occurrence. Like I would imagine, I would have bet my life actually. I would bet my life. I'm not confident that Keith has said worse things slash has yelled louder at Michael Bunting behind closed doors or out of practice. You know what I'm oh, trying yeah. to say? Yeah. Like that was heat of the moment. He needed to get it out and he got it out. And again, we don't even know what he said. We don't even know. Like Bunting obviously wasn't having a great game and he was frustrated. That's what happens. He, he, if, let's just say you're at work and you're having a bad day at work. Your boss comes and yells at you. You're going to turn around and be like, yeah, thanks boss. Appreciate that. Love you. Like, nope, you're yeah. going to take it. You're going to wear it. You're going to move on. And guess what? That's exactly what Bunting did. Yeah, or or you're just gonna tune out in the moment, yep. right? Or at least that's yep. how it's gonna that's how it's gonna be perceived, right? And then, like I said, like we don't. You're right. We don't know what Keith said. You know, we don't know. Like, is he was he asking Bunting to you know smarten up, or was he asking Bunting to, um, you know, play a play some more defense or whatever? We mm-hmm. don't quite know what that what that dialogue looked like or or was, right? Nope, and we um, never will. We can only speculate, right? We can only speculate, and it's not a big deal. in the fact that. Keith had to come out and, and, and make a statement today and, and as did Bunting, like really, like if that's really our biggest issue at what with 79 or with nine games remaining in the season, like, I think the Leafs are going to be doing pretty well. If, if that's, if that's the major story, right? Like, yeah. I mean, if we, if we look back at all the other major stories over the last couple of years, if this is the thing that we're talking about this late in the season, sign me up, sign me up yeah. every year. It's not a big deal. Like, and, and no. that kind of leads to like my other, the other topic that, and I know we've kind of had this in our group chat pop up and, and whatever. And I've had some chats with some of my friends about this, but is Keith's, um, the way he rolls out his lines and the way he makes the roster changes and the 12s, like, you know what I mean? Like, yep. I, once again, I don't see a big deal with guys coming in and out, trying to figure out what combinations work, what combinations don't, because Essentially, what we're watching over the next nine games is a glorified practice. Yep, big tryouts, big tryouts for the big dance. But you know what? The thing is, Pat. I mean, not a shot at Leafs Nation, but it's a shot at Leafs Nation. We're all coaches, right? We all know better. We all know more. And yep. until until Leafs Nation slash Sheldon Keith understands that the people watching the game know more than him, he'll never get it right. Yeah. And that's kind of what's happening. And it's like, and and again, you know. Uh, you can only relate it so much, but at the end of the day, like, like 
what's the difference between a, a house league coach rotating the lines? Like, I don't understand. It's like the house league coach, the, the first line scores a couple goals and they got to stay together the entire, the entire season. Like, Nope. We're going to try some things. We're going to try and get some other guys going. Like Matthews, Marner and Tavares aren't the only three on this team. He Lander's not the only guy on this team. We got to get some of the bottom six players going. And, and at the end of the day, the best part is come playoff time when the depth doesn't score because our, our big four is loaded, our top two lines are loaded. Everyone goes depth, depth, depth. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is the whole point of getting guys in. Look at Yarn Cork. Yarn Cork. Yeah. He's unbelievable right now. Yep. Every time that puck touches a stick, he's scoring. And if he didn't have the chance, guess what? He has five less goals. And then when he finishes the season with five less goals, everyone goes, oh, yeah, everyone complains. you overpaid him. He was, yeah. he was, he stunk. He's this, he's that. So listen, again, like I just said a couple minutes ago, if what we're talking about at the end of the season is Sheldon Keith trying new line combinations and not the goaltending bad, the Leafs can't stop, the Leafs have bad D, like, Sign me up. Sign yep. me up any day of the week. But even too, like, I'd rather him do the trial and error now where you can work out some kinks than in the playoffs where, you know, you have such a small window for error that if things don't work, and we've seen it, when scoring dries up with the Leafs, it really dries up with the Leafs, right? So, like, yep. I'd rather them test these different combinations out. You know, see who works. See who works in a pinch. Like, if a guy gets injured, if a heaven forbid another player gets suspended, like right, like we saw last year with, um, you know what I mean? Like, you do you do need to kind of just cycle guys through and see where it sticks. And then, you know, when you're at like game eighty, then maybe you're at a point where you feel comfortable, you know, running your your playoff roster through and just to kind of get guys familiar with each other. But at this point, I don't care. Because wins right, and, and losses don't matter. And that's another thing. The amount of turnover this roster's had, like in what world, in what world do you just get a whole new roster, like four or five new players that legitimately play every single night? And they're yeah. just supposed to, they were just supposed to slide in, no hiccups. They were supposed to just come in Tuesday night against Florida and score three goals and the Leafs were the best team in the league. Like, let's get a grip here. They, they got to play with each other. They don't even know each other's names. Like all they know is their number. You know what I yeah. mean? Like there's so many things, there's so many things that go into being a good line slash having a connection as a team. And like you said earlier, like it's trial and error. Okay. The Leafs lost, the Leafs lost uh seven, two or whatever it was to the Islanders. Sick. See you in, see you in the end of April. Like yeah. <laughs> who cares? I hope, I wish they lost 10 to. Yeah. It doesn't really game, matter. The game doesn't really matter. It does no. not really matter. And no. the line combinations, and everything Keith has done, I'm here for. I hope he goes 8D next week or next game. It doesn't matter to me because I want to see everybody progressively get better, and I want to see what works. And if 8D works and they look like the best team in the world running three three lines and one extra player, then maybe that's what needs to happen. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like Keith is fighting for his life. Like I don't think he's necessarily gone if they don't get past the first round. I mean, Dubis and him could be, but point is, like he's got to do everything he can to make sure that this team is better better yeah. than the best you know what i'm trying to say yeah so if it requires him doing everything he can put luke Shen up forward put him put him on the power play put him in front of the net you do what you have to do to get that puck in the net to move on past round one and even too, like a guy that you know has been beat up in this market um you know over the course of the season actually a couple of them now like i thought alexander kerfoot started to look better justin hall god knows where this this play, level of play where that went but he's back to being Justin Hall of the playoffs last year, like he's had a few games in a row that he looks really good. Like I just, I think that's why you need to do what keeps doing. You know right. what I mean? Like you need to figure out like keeps guys, hungry. He, <clears throat> keeps guys hungry, you know, keeps guys, you know, 
maybe paying a little bit more attention to practice, keeps guys working harder, you know, because you never know. You know, the Leafs have enough depth now that, you know, you can sit a guy and just not care. And not care. It won't, it does not matter. The Leafs will not feel it if Hall, Gustafson, or Shen are out of the lineup when they're interchanging. You know, you know what I mean? And it, it, honestly, in some cases, it even goes for the forwards too. Like, if this nice kid actually shows up, I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know he's stepping in and he's going to be an impactful player. I don't know that. You don't know that. The analysts don't know. Jeff O'Neill doesn't know that. No matter what, nobody knows that. But if that is the case, if that is the case, who's out? Because Yarncork's been playing great. Yeah. Aston Reese has been fine. Lafferty's not going anywhere. Achari's definitely not going anywhere. Who's no. out? So then you got to look at it like that. Like, keep sitting here going, I got to get these guys in. I got to get these guys in. They could have a black ace sitting there that has to be playing. And now yeah. we're not going to. And the problem is, Leafs Nation is going to go, oh, yeah, Matt, Matty Nice, Matty Nice, Matty Nice, forgetting all about the guys who played those 70 or 82 games for the Leafs. And it's just like, listen, listen, listen. Let's let the big boys handle it, right? At the end of the day, we're all here to watch. We're all here to speculate, and I love that. And I'm here for that. I'm here for the excitement. I'm here for the drama. But when it comes to getting upset about Alex Kerfoot playing on the first line because they're trying to get him going, I just, I'm not here for it. I'm not here for it. Because guess what? Kerfoot scored, what, two or three times in the last two weeks? Yeah, he's look good. Like, <laughs> oh. like really, he's look good, right? Like, Is that what happens when you're not playing on the fourth line? Yeah, it's, it's one of those things. That, but, you know, you have to, right? Like, and even with Matthew Nyes, like, I'm just as excited as the next guy about about Nice, but do I think he's really going to be the guy that moves the needle? I I, I guess you can hope, you but can there's hope. no guarantee, right? Like the way I look at Matthew Nice is, can he give can he give the Leafs two three goals in the opening round? Like if he's playing on the third line, let's just say he's playing on the third line or fourth line, because yep. they want they want some additional skill there, and, and we know that the guy can play physical. He's a bigger body. He doesn't mind throwing the body around. So maybe he does see some third line minutes if, heaven forbid, things go sideways. But he's not going to be the solution that some people make him out to be. And that's the part that I think scares me. Because when you look at the debate on Matthew Nines, there are those that just completely dislike him. And they don't they don't see any value. And it's like, oh, you know, what he's doing in college won't translate. And then you get the other guys that think he's the next coming of Austin Matthews. And I legit think that both are going to be disappointed because he's not going to be dominant. You know what right. I mean? Right. In his first play. He could surprise us, but you can't go. Like, I don't think the Leafs are going into the playoffs thinking that Matthew Nyes is, is moving the pendulum. I would assume that the Leafs are going into the playoffs thinking Matthew Nyes won't even be with the team. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think it's a, he's a black, black ace. I cannot imagine. I mean, I hope I'm wrong for this kid's career. Because if he's in the game, if he's in the series game one and he looks great, he's gonna have a hell of a career. But like, yeah, I just can't imagine that he's. Yeah, I can't imagine he's on the ice at all this series. And that's that's me saying that based off of pretending to know Keith and know that I think he's just gonna want with he's gonna want to go with what he knows and what he's comfortable with. And I'm basing that off of some of the lineups he's always come out with, some of the line combinations, and what he's done in the past. Right. Yeah. I just I just cannot be Sheldon keep going. We're playing Tampa. Game one, I'm going to start Matthew Nyes over a guy like Yarncork or yeah. um, Aston Reese. I just – Yeah, I, I don't I see don't know. it. I don't if, see if, it. If you haven't seen him in the games yet and you don't know what he's going to be like defensively in the playoffs when defense literally is the only reason why you win. Like the only reason why you win. You can literally win games one nothing in the playoffs if you have good defense. Yeah. 
and they're going to trust a, a 19 or 20 year old out of college. Like, I don't know, man. I don't, know. I don't see Again, it. I don't think that, I, but I, I don't see it. Like I, I, like I said, if, if something goes sideways and he needs some additional scoring, then yeah, if he can get, if he can pot a couple extra goals, I, like I said, sure. it's, it's, it's all part of depth, right? Like these people have like written them in stone in like the series against him. I was like, what are you guys doing? It's like, we've seen this with this market, you know, they, they, they see something shiny and it's brand new and they get all excited and they, you know, like they even bypass like the test drive and they, you know, it's like, (laughs) you know what I mean? It's like, it's like they bought it and it's like, what are you buying? You've never test driven it. We don't know how it's going to work. We don't even know if you like the, you know what I mean? Right. Right. And they're bought in, which again, like, I guess that, you know, as well as I do, that's, that's kind of what makes Leafs passion. I mean, for lack of better terms, like insane, right? Like it is the definition of insanity. Like we, we just continue to do the same thing over and over, and over and over and over and over again. And, and then we get I mean, disappointed. I'm here, for it. <laughs> I'm here for it. I like watching it. Like right. it's like watching a train wreck, you know, it's a disaster, but you're still going to check it out. You know, yeah, as you're still going to keep by. your eyes open. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but like, I just, I don't see it. I don't see, I don't. And, and my whole thing is, is like set proper expectations, right? Because if he, if he doesn't play this year, that's not a disappointment either, yeah. right? Like, yeah. that doesn't mean that the Leafs don't see him as part of their future. It doesn't mean that he's probably not going to take a predominant role next year, which I, right. I truly believe he's going to have to, you know, because the, the big contracts are going to be needing to get signed. And right. if he could take a roster spot at, what, league minimum, why not? You know what I mean? Like, I think that's where Matthew Nice slots is next year. Right, which makes sense, which makes sense, which I think a lot of logical defense will sit there and say, yeah, I agree. That's the way it should be. That's the way it should be, right? No like, other team, no other team does this, by the way. I, I can't, I, I literally, and I try my best to keep up with other teams via Twitter. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not following all their beat reporters and doing hours of research, but I do not see these type of expectations on other teams in terms of making sure that the player they they're signing out of college is going to be in their day one roster come playoffs and make an impact. Oh, it's it's brutal. And 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 then that's kind of where the heightened expectations have come, right? Like right. we see. You know, like, like I know there's a couple guys that follow the the least prospects, and you know they show these little like short clips. And Matthew Nyes looks great, but I don't. But you can't frame it. Like, I'm sure that there's there have been moments that don't make those video clips where he doesn't look as good, right? Right. Like, I think he just it's like a commercial, right? You know, you can you can see a commercial for a restaurant. The food looks great in the commercial. You walk into the restaurant, it's not so hot. Right. It doesn't look like it does on the commercial. And, and I, that's my like, that's my concern. Right. Like you're right. seeing these short clips of this guy. You're seeing these short commercials and yeah, they look great. But I, I don't know. I don't like what is he? We don't know. Right. And if you're Sheldon Keith, I'm not putting an unknown, you know, unless there's an injury and, and, and they can figure out a way to slot him in and, and whatever. But I, I don't see him for game one, maybe no. not even game two. You know, I think they're going to want to see how the series plays out. Definitely not game two if they win game one. That's for sure. Oh yeah, right. If they win, if they win game one, you know, two, three, one, whatever it may be. Like, there's no chance. There's no chance. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. We're all hockey players here. We know. Yeah. Uh, we know how superstitious these guys are. Yeah, and you can't. You can't be like mixing it up too, too much, right? And we know, you know, the playoffs are a war of attrition. He mm-hmm. might eventually slot in, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I just don't see it in, in game one. I don't. I think. We, I think we need to simmer down a bit you know get back to being more objective and because playoffs i think people throw their their cap of objectivity out the window and they go back to being super fans and they right 
and 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 that opens the door to the most more dif- disappointment, right? Like I just I think we just need to let the kid develop like he like he needs to develop. Yeah, no, absolutely, and that that'll only come with time and patience, and uh, that'll also come with Keith adjusting the lines as he's been doing. So, <laughs> I guess uh, I guess he knows what he's doing. I guess you know, so yeah, you know what? You're not the what coaching the fourth or fifth best team in the NHL and not know what you're doing. But if you follow some circles on Twitter, you would think that they were the 32nd place team with the talent on the roster. So, yeah, I mean, pretty close when you consider that they had uh, what was it like the second or third most wins in the last like five seasons or something. Yeah, yeah, not so good enough. Not, Not good enough. Good enough. <laughs> and it's so funny because, like, yeah, the playoffs are important. And yeah, we want to see them win a cup, but the regular season does matter, right? Like, I think the playoffs, you know, you can catch lightning in a bottle. And we've seen it every year. There's always one team to catch lightning in a bottle, right? Um, and you know, and they and they go on these runs and no one ever thinks and whatever, right? But sports are so random. Yep. You can make all the right decisions and still lose. You have the best player of your sport and still lose. But who, this is what I want to know. And this probably isn't a question that you can actually answer, but who are we as Toronto Maple Leaf fans? Who do we think we are as Toronto Maple Leaf fans to not be thrilled, to not be overjoyed with the success of the Maple Leafs over the last, since 2016? Like, who do we think we are as an organization to sit there and say, not good enough? Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, obviously, the goal is to win. The goal is always to win. If you're not first, you're last. Yeah. But for a team that quite literally my entire life has made the playoffs once (laughs) since 2016 or pre-2016, whatever it was, two times, whatever it was, who are we? This is what I'll never wrap my head around. And I understand that I'm... I'm maybe on an opposite side because I'm looking at it so objectively. Like to me, it's like, no, they win games. They're doing way better than they ever have done before. So I'm happy at least. I'm just happy that I can turn on a game on, on a Tuesday night, December 8th, and the Leafs are winning 4-1 against whatever team they're playing. And it's just, yeah. it's nice to, to come home and not say, well, I'm about to waste three hours because I literally spent my entire childhood doing that. So maybe I'm, my expectations are, are so low that it's like, well, you know what? I'm just happy they're winning games and I don't hate watching them. But yeah. to sit here and just bash this team, it's like, man, unless you're like a 70-year-old man, you've never, ever seen greatness from this team. Unless you're a 50-year-old man, is that fair to say? No, like because no, I think 93, 80s, I would have been. 90s, right? Yeah, yeah like, like 93 and probably would. Well, and then early 2000s with, with a couple runs with Sunday. Right, but like, again, like... But then it so, dipped again, right? It was. It was hit or miss. It dipped. And, like, it was never sustained success. It was that lightning yeah. in a bottle. They caught two good years. And then it was, like, yeah. back to the Toronto. So, like, I don't know. Again, maybe I'm on an island here, man. I'm just – to me, I look at it like, who are we to be upset about what they've done? Like, you're allowed to be upset about the result, but you cannot be upset about the process. And no, and I maybe I'm on an island with that. No, no. And, I, and, and I've been a big preacher of the process, right? Like, you can't abandon a plan at first sight of, of like conflict and, and, you know, adversity, you just, you can't. Right. Right. Cause like right. sometimes it does take teams longer to win a Stanley cup, you know, but yep. if you're going, if you want to go man for man, I don't think I've ever seen a Leafs team this deep. Like it's, it's, it's at this point, it's, it's on the players. Cause I don't think the GM or the coach or anyone else could do any more for them. 
you know, like it really does boil down to the players to kind of get their acting gear. And um, there has been two players more specifically that have been getting their acting gear as of late. Um, we'll start with Austin Matthews. Cause like, did anyone watch this man play up until the most, you know, up until like the last couple of weeks and not think he was injured. Right. I mean, by the way, what a segue. Like that was unbelievable. I, I didn't know where you were going with that. You just, you led right into it perfectly. That was, that was beautiful, flawless. Um, I'll pat no. myself on the back on that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> couple, couple, couple snaps, not too many. Um, exactly. No, it, like if, you, if you're, unless you're a Leaf hater, unless you're an Austin Matthews hater, there's no chance you could watch that man. Okay, okay but I, I, I want to stop you for a second, Lucas, because what you're going to say is going to probably um, trigger Oils, Oilers Nation. So if you're an Oilers fan and you're listening to this podcast, we are not saying that he is better than Connor McDavid. But you can appreciate Austin Matthews without knocking another player down. Continue, Correct. Lucas. Like, don't get me wrong. I think Matthews is better than McDavid. But <laughs> can you imagine how many, pe- how many people just grip their steering wheel right now? Okay. Um, no, man. Like, like, at the end of the day, I'm a big call of spade to spade guy. You, you can't see a 60 goal scorer, a legitimate 60 goal scorer, do what he did this season. I, I think I saw a stat. It was, it was, he had 15 games last year, 15 multi goal games last year. Yeah. What do you have? His third was like a couple nights ago or whatever it was, third or fourth. Like you can't, and obviously that doesn't mean anything per se. He had a couple more bounces last year and, and more goals went in on a per night basis than this night, this season. But you can't look at those kind of stats especially just eye test and the way he's playing and be like, no, he's hundred percent healthy. Yeah. If this guy passed the puck this season more than, I've, than more than Marner on some occasions and the amount of times, and it's hilarious because my dad's a big shoot the puck guy, shoot the puck guy. Hey, you come over that blue line, old fashioned Steve Eiserman, slap shot, top titty, keep the change. But yeah. I've never seen my dad so many times scream at Austin Matthews to shoot the puck and him not shoot the puck. It's like he hears them normally, but this season he didn't hear him and he yeah. just passed the puck. And it's like, okay, something's wrong. Something's wrong. If you're not even just taking that quick snapshot release from the top of the circles, something's wrong. Yes, because you know that you can pick a corner, that you know you have the ability to score, and he wasn't doing it. And it was evident because that toe drag, that quick toe drag release that he made patented like last season or two seasons ago, it was almost non-existent all year. All his goals were like like greasy in and around the net and the occasional like, you know, pick a corner because it is Austin Matthews. But he did not score the same amount of goals or the same type of goals he scored last season. And it was very evident. Yeah. Yeah, and and mind you, maybe that's maybe that's a blessing in disguise, because what that's forced is now Mitch Marner to shoot more, right? Like those two of you know now that we're getting Austin Matthews going into beast mode, it couldn't come at a better time, but I, it does kind of lead us to really needing some more out of Mitch, you know, and I, and I I don't want to see him go back to pass first Mitch because shooting Mitch opens up many more lanes provides that additional depth scoring that we've been, you know, craving the last couple of years. So maybe, you know, maybe Matthew's being injured and, and Marner picking up the slack might be a good thing for the least fortunes in the playoffs. I don't know. I, what, what, what do you think? Uh, I mean, you would hope you, you, I guess the idea is when, when one guy's slack and the other guys can kind of pick it up and turn it around for them. Right? That's the whole idea, but it's going to sound funny. It, if I had one question, I mean, I know we necessarily weren't allowed to ask too many hockey questions um, at the Zach Hyman charity golf tournament, but if I could have asked Marner one question, it genuinely would be why he loved passing so much because I've never seen a guy with such a good shot openly say, nah, I'll take the pass. 
Yeah. Like when he scores goals, you're like every single time, every single time you're like, well, why don't you do that more often? What a shot. What yeah. a play. What a move. Like the softest hand has to be top five softest hands in the league. You can't tell me he's not. And you're sitting there and you're just wondering why every single time he's got an open lane. I think it was a couple nights ago. It was a couple nights ago. He passed on the shoot, the empty net. He's lucky yeah. he got it back. And you're like, you're like, Mitch, buddy. I love it. I love it. I appreciate it. You're the greatest guy on this team. Put the puck in the net, dude. Yeah, just shoot Put it. Put the puck in the net. Just shoot it. Like, what are we doing here? And, and in terms of, I understand what you mean about needing more from him. And I don't think you mean we need more from him, like production wise, because he's been, he's been fantastic. But if Mark, if Matthews is going to take a step back and not shoot the puck the way he is, someone does have to do it because you know, you know that they're thinking he's going to pass the puck. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's always been my, my issue with Mitch or, or my concern at times is, you know, when things get challenging, he goes back to passing the puck and then it just becomes an easy read. Right. right. It's like Mitch isn't going to shoot. So, you know, we'll just cover Austin or we'll cover bunting. You know what I mean? Right. And you know what? A lot. And maybe a healthy bunting going into this playoffs could be the difference as well. Cause he was, he was knocked up. Like he was banged up going into last year's playoffs as well. If people remember. So, right. Right. You know, there's a lot of good things that can come of the last nine games. I hope that Keith at the very least starts sitting some of these guys. Uh, I'm happy you brought that up. What, uh, what are our thoughts on load management? I think they have to do it. Because I, 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 th- I think you need to remove the Leafs' luck from things. And if you and I both know that the only luck that the Leafs have is bad luck, and they're going to play Austin Matthews in game 82, and he's going to get injured. Something stupid is going to happen. You know what I mean? There's no need. Like, once you've, once you've secured home ice, call up the Marlies. Like, and I know you can. I'm just saying that's kind of as a joke. But literally, I don't need to see Austin Matthews playing game 82, game 81. I don't. Right. I don't need to see yeah. doing it. I don't, see, I don't need to see Tavares doing it. You know, maybe with O'Reilly, it's different because, you know, he should be back and you do want to get, you know, some games, some games some in game him. Get, get some game reps in that. And now, you know, by the looks of it, Achari looks banged up. So maybe Achari gets in the last couple of games. Yeah. But if you're of anyone of significance, you're sitting. Um, I'm 50-50 and I hate the fact I'm on the fence because I'm not an on the fence guy. I'm a very, 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 this is my opinion. This is my take. I'm not changing it. Some would say actually um, I'm stubborn or hardheaded, but I'm very, very on the fence with this because I also agree that the Leafs have terrible luck. We just saw it literally last night or two nights ago when Tavares took that puck off the hand and you're just like, how classic is this? Yeah. Um, or when Matthews, oh, like, like, my heart was in my throat when Matthews uh, got hit in the sensitive area, Yeah, but he made it look like it was his wrist. I was like, Oh, we're done. We're done. We're done. Game's over. Season's over. Let's let's turn it off now. Whatever, whatever. Um, So in that regard, I do agree, but I also believe that NHL is are creatures of habit and routine. And I don't think a lot of these guys are going to want to sit out. I think it's going to be one of those. I need to do what I need to do every game day. Um, and continue doing what I'm doing because it's been working. Like, how do you tell a guy like Willie, Willie Nylander who's having a career year? Hey, Willie, you're having a great season. You're doing fantastic. We're actually going to sit you for the last two, three games. I just don't know if they're going to sit there and be like, yep, yeah, no, I'm okay with that. I agree. I need the rest. Yeah. They're just, they're just creatures of routine, man. Like they, they know what they got to do. They do the same thing every single time. They do the same thing every single game day. And 
I don't know. I don't know if you want to mess with that vibe or that juju. It sounds so silly, but I, I can almost guarantee you that that is a conversation that's happening in the locker room, like vibes and jujus and, and, and like, like the feeling around the arena and the team, like that stuff is legit. And it's a real thing, especially for hockey players. And I, I'm just not sure that team slash the players will sign up for that. Um, ironically enough, I don't know if you listen to spit and chicklets, but um, John Cooper and one of the co-hosts on spit and chicklets went on to talk about how Cooper hates load management. Hates it. Says it's not not for me, not for him, not for the team. Um, and it just kind of makes you wonder, like, like what do they see? What are they talking about? Like, this is coming from one of the best coaches in the NHL, right? And, and he's sitting there saying they don't need it, they don't need it, they don't want it. It makes you wonder what goes on behind closed doors because again, we're just fans speculating, and we just think yeah. that. Uh, I mean, we are pessimistic because we've seen it in the past, right? Like we're we're assuming that something's going to happen in these last nine games, but. In reality, like it shouldn't. It hasn't happened in 80 games. Why is it going to happen now? It's just, it's our brains and it's the way it's wired. And I see that side of it, but I don't know if this team can take any days off. Like I, I like them to play right up until that 82nd game. I want them to have confidence. This team has not earned the right to take time off. As crazy as that sounds, like, like that what are they getting rewarded time. for? You had a great season and you get knocked out in the first round again. Like, I don't know. I don't know. So I guess that takes us to the next uh, topic is Morgan Riley. Um, I noticed in today's lineups, he seems to be playing in the bottom pair um, with, uh, with Luke Shen. Um, I want to get your thoughts on where you see Morgan Riley because he seems to be hit and miss up and down. Like just when you think he's, you know, maybe found his defensive game, then he has a couple mental lapses. What are your thoughts on Riley? Um, I love Riley. I've always loved Riley, uh, but I think that stems from drafting him and wanting him to be so good as opposed to being like, you know what, this guy actually is very good. And, you know, the, the media is hard on him or, or the fans are hard on him. He just doesn't really do himself some favors. And it just seems like every time there's a really bad goal and the camera pans to the defenseman skating off the ice, number 44 is usually skating off the ice. Um, and the unfortunate thing is he's another one of those guys who can offer so much offensively and the team needs that. Like we talk about depth scoring. It doesn't just mean the bottom six. That means the, the D and yeah. Morgan Riley has the opportunity to put the puck in the net for some reason this season just hasn't happened. Yeah. I mean, he, he scored that one beautiful goal a couple nights ago. Like, don't get me wrong. That was, that was a lethal release. Yeah. But like you said, it's hit and miss. He's hot and cold. And when you're paying a guy seven and a half, is that what his contract is? Seven and a half. Yeah. Seven. And, yeah. I think seven and a half. Um, you're paying a guy seven and a half. You expect a little bit more than the third pairing with Luke Shen. Um, but again, this kind of goes back to what we know, what we know about Keith and what we know Keith is notorious for doing, and that's sticking to what he knows and what he's comfortable with. And if he trusts four other guys above Morgan Riley, like the contract doesn't matter. And I can appreciate that about him, about Keith. Yeah, no, I just I. It's weird with Morgan Riley. Is I, I kind of empathize with him because I think he came up with the lease at a really bad time for the organization. Like I think he learned a lot of his bad habits and now they're ingrained in his in his game. Right. But I, I would like to see him tighten up. Like I I I I'd, I'd like to see him slow the game down because I think he's at his best when the game s- slows down for him. Right. Like he panics for a veteran. There's so many times there's like. He'll pass the puck. He'll do something stupid. It's just like, 
huh? Like you were trying to understand where his where he was um, mentally in that moment, and you're just like, what was he thinking? Like there were a few times on a on a two on one where he took the wrong guy. Like uh, it just it's 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 something you would you would think that he would know by now that I think irritates me the most. You think he has PTSD? I don't know. I I think I think maybe he, there's a certain portion of his game. You know, he's been through how many coaches since since coming with the Leafs with Carlisle and oh then God. um so four? Car, four, Carlisle. What was the one that did he? What's his face came after him? Burke's friend. What was his guy? What from? Oh, I can see the guy's face. Oh my goodness, this is so bad because we 100 percent know. And I, I know. Like, oh, Ron something. Oh, what was the Leafs coaches? Oh, it's gonna bother. Okay, but then 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 he had oh like God, what? What's his name? And then didn't they have? Oh, okay. They had a stint. They had another stint with a guy for like a a, a year, not even half the yeah. season, was it? Yeah, yeah. Well, it was a terrible radio, but no, this is fun because I think our listeners know that uh, we do do a lot of this uh, research. Um, let me see while we are recording, but uh, Leafs. Coaches. But either way, I just oh Ron Wilson. So he would have had Ron. Oh, that's what you were been, looking for. That that was the name. Oh. Um, but he would have he would have been coached under Wilson, wouldn't he? Anything pre twenty sixteen, Pat? I've blocked out of my head. Fair enough. Okay, nothing so, matters. Nothing matters before the Messiah was drafted. Yeah, so he would have. He probably would have had. Oh no, he wouldn't have had. I feel like Keith was a little, or uh, Wilson was a little too early. A little bit too early. So then he would have had Randy Carlisle, Peter Horacek. Peter Horacek, that's it. Babcock and then Keith. Yeah, four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So four coaches, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Horacek, sure. that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. And then, like I said, there was just wasn't, um, just wasn't, he couldn't, like, it, it, I don't know. I think I think his development was stunted a bit. Yeah, that's, I think it. that's this, what I'm saying. I'm not kidding when I say, like, he literally could have PTSD. Like, he's seen. He has seen a lot, a lot, many a Leaf player go through the scapegoat era. He's seen many a Leaf player just get absolutely annihilated by Leaf fans and coaches. Like, he, you can't tell me that with every mistake he makes, he just thinks about that in the back of his head. Like, yeah. oh, I'm going to get ripped in the sun. Oh, someone's going to record that and put that on Twitter. Like, I just, I just believe that fully that that's what's going through his head because guys with confidence, they don't make some of the mistakes he makes. They yeah. just don't. They just don't. Making a mistake trying to make a play is one thing. Making a mistake – when you're panicking with the puck is a whole oh, different thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if, if he's, if he's made like, for example, Thomas Chabot, I don't know if you saw the goal he scored last night. I don't know when this is going to release, but Thomas Chabot made a move at the blue line against uh, who they play last night. Who did Otto play last night? Um, 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 um. Oh, Florida. He made a move. Yeah. Florida. Yeah. He made a move at the blue line. Yeah. They, they beat Florida. He made a move at the blue line. Pat, I'm not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. I, I was like, Ooh, because I was like, I can't believe he just did that. Last man, like, the patience on him was beautiful. If he yeah. turned that puck over, you eat that. You yeah. eat that because you're like, you know what? That play – guess what? They scored on that play, by the way. Yeah. You know, Riley, you make that play. You get around that guy. That's a scoring chance. That's what we pay you to do. Yeah. But when you get the puck in the corner, you look up, and you make a terrible stretch pass that gets turned over at the red line, and then it's a three on two the other way, I can't accept that. I just no. can't. I can't. And, and and I don't think like I don't know why they they default to that stretch because I, I I can't believe that that's what Keith's asked them to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like like we saw that a lot under Mike Babcock. Right. But we started to see that get cleaned out of their game a bit, right? And just yeah. kind of see 
R- Riley at times default to that just drives me up the wall. Yep. And that's, the- uh, and that's something that's always been his Achilles heel. So we'll see if that gets cleaned up. I hope it gets cleaned up because no room for that against uh, Steven Stamkos and Kucherov. No. And I think too, um, for, for Morgan Riley, maybe having a Luke Shen or Giordano or McKee, if it becomes McCabe or Brody, I think he needs that type of player. Yeah. Like, I legit think that he needs, like, like, like his best season in his career was with Ron Hainsey. Ron Hainsey, baby. Yeah, he needs a Ron Hainsey. He needs a Ron Hainsey, right? Like, freaking Dubis. Why didn't he go get Ron Hainsey at the deadline? I know, Jesus. <laughs> but, like, but I would be fine with Luke Shen. Like, if I don't want Luke Shen skating around the ice, but maybe that's right. Riley's role in that pair, right? right? I don't yeah. want Jordano thinking he has to race up, up and down the ice, but maybe that becomes his role. Right. And maybe, unfortunately, for Timothy Lilligren that sees him on the bench in game one. Cause I don't mind the pairings. Like I love, I love the Brody McKay pairing. Yep. It's been working. Ain't broke. Don't fix it. Ain't broke. Don't fix it. And Giordano, I think has been able to calm down Justin Hall's game. And maybe Riley finds his, finds his little niche in that bottom pair. And it's not an insult to him, but maybe that opens up better matchups for him defensively. Right. You or hope. He, that's, you hope. That's the goal, right? That's the goal. That is the goal, right? So that's all you can really hope, right? So. And on then that I, note, we can talk a little bit about uh, Ryan O'Reilly before we uh, head out. Yeah, we definitely do. We have a few minutes, f- few final minutes to wrap up this week's podcast. Ryan O'Reilly, uh, he seems to have in, um, been tagged with the uh, Maple Leafs bad luck. Um, I thought he looked great when he first came over. He's looked fantastic thus far. I just hope uh, I hope when he comes back, he's not going to lose a step. That is also the hope. Um, I, I, but I, I think when the playoffs start, the game gets slower, and I think that's where Ryan O'Reilly will really thrive with the clutching, the grabbing. Yeah. Um, and and that's been our biggest beef. I know it has been, and in, in, you know we've discussed this: is the NHL's pivot to slow 19 whatever trash hockey yeah where it's all clutching and grabbing and maybe that's where ryan riley succeeds maybe we you know i i personally i i personally like to see him on the third line i think if i had my way i wouldn't load up on the two lines i would try and move some of that scoring around and let john cooper try and figure out how he's going to stop three lines and not two um i can agree to that i think i would like to see the Lions juiced for the first game, to be honest with you. Uh, because if it works right off the bat and you can stick to that, I would love to see that for the first round. I think during Boston, during the Boston series, if that's the uh, second round opponent and the Leafs get through the first round, I think having three deep lines like that could will very, very, very much be beneficial. Um, but I think Tampa's like, this season is a little bit different than the past. I think Tampa's very top-heavy. And I just want to see the Leafs literally dominate their top two lines. Because I'm not too concerned about Tampa's bottom three or bottom two lines. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, we're starting to see we're starting to see some cracks in that as well. Um, that's one team that's played a lot of hockey. So I'd really like to see the Leafs kind of take advantage of it. Cause this could, you know, yeah. I know everyone, you know, with the Canadian division, that should have been the year the Leafs went on their run. But maybe, maybe the door's open. You know, maybe it's op- wider than a lot of us would like to think. Um, you know, if we can get beyond 
all the scar tissue of playoffs past that maybe maybe this is the year that they go on a run and maybe this is the you know maybe Tampa is the perfect opponent that this team needs to be able to say you know what we beat Tampa let's just do this boys like we beat a better team you know what I mean right I mean that's what they need that's what they need and it kind of goes with the Ryan O'Reilly thing like if they can if they can jump on Tampa early um, and you just keep coming at them with those two lines. Like, I can't imagine a scenario where Keith's going to be rotating lines. Like, Matthews is going to play 20, 26 minutes. Marta's pe- playing 26 minutes. I just, in my head, it's Keith, Keith's fighting for his life, and he's going to have his players play. And if O'Reilly is ends up on the third line, I don't think O'Reilly's going to finish the game on the third line if they're not winning. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, no, it, it's going to start out on the third line, sure, but by midway of the second period, if things aren't going well, like they're juicing those lines. Because, like I said, I don't think he's playing this year. I think it's we're going to score and we're going to score a lot and we're going to win games. Yeah, that there's no, it's, it's do or die there's now. No chance. Yeah, it's do or die. There's no, it's there's do or no die. More. Unfortunately, for the group, for the management, for right, the coaches, right. and for the organization, for fandom, for my fandom with the lead. No, I'm just kidding. But okay, just. One final point before we, we close down this week's podcast. How unfortunate would it be if Dubas loses his job after the trade deadline he had this year? Unfortunate. I won't be a fan. I actually had this conversation with my buddies. I'm not kidding. And this sounds so dramatic, so dramatic. If no matter what happens this season, even if the Leafs get swept, Leafs go 0-4, if Kyle Dubas is not the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs next year, whew, that's because- all I have to say. Well, my concern is if he's not, this team is not going to look the same. No, right? God no, God no. The next guy comes in is going to going to just you're yeah, gone, you're gone, you're gone. Yeah. And how does that help? I don't yeah, know. Let's trade, don't... let's trade Mitch Marner so we can go out and draft a Mitch Marner. Yeah, it's but that but that's what people would be calling for. So, but that's that's for another hopefully not to be discussed podcast yeah, down not. the road. But uh, this has been fun, Lucas. As always, back. Always a pleasure. Um, to our listeners, thanks again for continuing to listen. Um, continue, yeah, continue to check us out. Uh, check out some of our previous podcasts as well. Thanks, everyone.